gentlemen, welcome once again to another, or good day, wherever, I'm saying good evening. I'm being very, um, I'm being very time zonist, right? Time zone centric. I'm a, I'm a time zone, I'm, uh, I, 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 I'm doing some time zone discrimination. I'm assuming everyone is in the evening as they're listening to my G131 recap. We're covering <laughs> nights. 13 and 14, here, right here, on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, or on your favorite podcast application. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, my God, man, we are in the final, final, final stretch, and uh, Gedo, like a true RT, Gedo is not unlike Bob Ross, where he paints a picture, and you know, he starts putting blotches, and he pulls out his... You know, he takes out his paintbrushes and he paints this picture and all you see is like shapes and colors and forms and he and he tells you, look at what I'm doing here. Here's a happy little chini. Like, it doesn't look like a tree. It looks like you know, your brush smudges right now. But as he keeps working at it, as he keeps putting everything together, you know, he, he as he, you know, draws, not, not draws, but paints like one, you know, semi-crooked line to say this is the the contour of a tree. This is the trunk of a tree. As he continues to do that, Gato says, look at the picture I'm painting. Doesn't it all make sense? And we're getting into that part right now. We're getting into the essence of Gato's portraiture right now as we wind down the G1. And I dare say, uh, you know, I'm still not... 100% convinced that my expectations, that my, no, not my expectations, my pre, my, my predictions are coming true, but we're, because mm, Gato, God damn you, right? <laughs> um, let's get to it. This way, I, I enjoyed these two nights of professional wrestling provided to us by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, let's start with Block A, Night 13, which occurred on October 9, 2021. We had uh, Kenta defeating Zack Sabre Jr., clear favorite to win the block right up until this match here. Um, look, this match goes straight into striking. No grappling, no stalling by uh, by Kenta. We're just we're just going straight forward in this one uh, until uh, Zack Sabre Jr. picks uh, blocks a kick and picks the leg, and then it all sort of spills to the floor. Then at that point. Um, there's, uh, he, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. goes for a bow and arrow attempt on Kenta as well. Uh, well, not only an attempt, but he actually locks it in. Kenta kicks Zack Sabre Jr., who tries to, he tries to stand up to Kenta's kicks, but Kenta is known as a kicker. So why would you do that? Uh, but early, you could tell early on in this match, you know, as Zack is standing there and he's like, yeah, give me your kicks, pal. You can tell that this match is not going Zack Sabre Jr.'s way. Uh, he's he, he's off of his typical game, right? He's not like he's not sticking to his typical game plan. As if Sabre is like I can I I can wrestle a different kind, a, di a different type of match. You know, I can do something different. You know, we do see him do stuff like we're used to him to see, like we see him working Kenta's arm, right? You know, Kenta fights back, uh, hits the corner, face wash, the basement shotgun, drop kick, and the coup de grace. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. finally locks in a Cobra twist, but then it gets reversed into a game over attempt, which Zack Sabre Jr. eventually reverses into a submission of his own. Again, you know, not, it's not a complete abandonment of what Zack Sabre Jr. is, but not as, not as flowing as he usually typically is. Uh, Kenta hits a psycho knee, goes for another, Zack Sabre Jr. picks it, transitioning into a leg bar, which was a really, really nice little situation there. Kenta slaps him some more, Zack Sabre Jr. pretzels him, and Kenta at some point, he just wallops Sabre, um, he, uh, he goes for a go to sleep after that, gets countered into an ankle lock, which was really cool, uh, but Kenta pushes... He gets out, he pushes Zack Sabre Jr. into an exposed turnbuckle that occurred during the match. 
Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. staggers out of the corner and into a GTS. Go to sleep. Four. The big win for the big two points for uh, for Kenta. Good for him. <laughs> well, you know, he, he, he's still... He he's still in the conversation at this point, right? Which so yeah, of course that's that that's a good thing for that that's a very good thing for Kenta. So uh, hooray, Kenta! Uh, we'll talk about the points and standings as per usual, a little towards the end once I'm done wrapping everything up. Hey Zeus King, nice to see you. Very nice words as well. Thank you very much. Um, and good to see you. Toriyano defeated Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Pimp, which effectively, you know, Yujiro, man, what the hell, right? Uh, I mean, again, you know, it's it's a Yano match, so you're either into it or you're not. Yujiro dives at Yano before he gets into the ring, before any nonsense ensues, and he gets into Yano's bag of tricks, pulls out the tape, and he starts rolling. You know, taping Yano, you know, st- his his arms up against his torso and pushes him on a chair and then kicks him. Eventually, of course, Yano returns to the ring. But <laughs> yeah, so so Yujiro at some point he's like, I'm gonna take some turnbuckles off. And there's one <laughs> he there's one turnbuckle he can't take off. Like there's a knot. I don't know if it's one of the young lions. I don't know who did it. I don't know if someone was just ribbing him. But he, there was one that he could not undo. That was uh, I kind of popped for that. I was like, ha, you Jiro, you dope. You big dork. Um, he uses, he being Yujiro, uses the pimp cane, uses the exposed turnbuckles. There's low blows and r- referees being arm dragged accidentally. Um, and then there's handcuffs. Yano avoids getting handcuffed and he goes under the ring. Yujiro goes after him under the ring. Then there's some yelling, right? You hear you hear some grunting. Then you don't hear anything anymore. Very professional, Warren. Having your phone on while you're doing, or you're recording for the people. Um, but that's it. There's yelling, right? We don't see anyone. At some point, there's silence. Then the ref starts to count. Then all of a sudden, like compelling stuff, right? Like super compelling television. Then eventually you do hear some grunting. Yano returns to the ring. And Yujiro then follows out, rolling out from under the ring. But he can't make it to the ring in time because he's got his both hands handcuffed behind his back. Ah, what a wacky situation. Yano gets the win by count on another two for Toru Yano. Um you know, whatever. It's fine. Whatever for what it's worth. Shingo Takagi defeated Tongaloa. This was the Tongaloa that I wanted to see the entire tournament. And and, and I want to make something very clear. You know, I am not sitting here saying Tongaloa did not work hard during the tournament. I thought he had a he had a very very strong tournament, uh, extremely strong tournament. But we get to, but this match here was kind of like the one. It was it was the performance that I I kind of hoped would uh, would 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 uh, uh, represent his entire G one this year. I'm just being picky, right? Because I enjoyed uh, his uh, his other matches. I thought he had a very solid first G1. It's more than solid. A very good, entertaining G1. Uh, first G1. But um, but here, it was, a little, it was a little notch above everything else he's done. He did so far. Probably having, you know, one of the... Probably the best wrestler of 2021. Helping you along... Uh, I, I I think it counts for something. That's right. I said it. Shingo Takagi, Takagi, excuse me. Top top guy of 2021, best wrestler of the year, for sure. There's a lot of toe to toe offense that happens early on in this match that I thought was really cool. Shingo knocks Loa down first and hits a senton. Loa hits a great 
back suplex on the apron. And it's a great visual too because Loa is literally like jumping off of the apron as he's doing it. It's great stuff. Slingshot Senton and the Standing Moonsault follow once they're back in the ring. Running Power Slam. Uh, Operation Jetto Killer. Blue Thunder Bomb. Loa is on top of Shingo here. Throwing all of his offense at him. Then they start throwing each other in suplexes. Getting immediately back on their feet. Loa hits an avalanche power slam. And this got a little scary here. Because his feet slipped on the ropes. It could have been a disaster. Like it wasn't pretty. It wasn't elegant. I'm pretty sure Shingo felt, felt that bump. Good and proper. But it was a, you know, crisis averted. No big, no biggie. Shingo then fires back with a superplex. So. <laughs> and I was like, all right, there you go. Um, he goes for a pumping bomber. Loa converts it into a spear. Loa tries to powerbomb him, but Shingo Rana's out of the powerbomb situation and then hits the pumping bomber. They strike at each other some more and I am into it. When I'm when I'm watching a wrestling match and I'm going like this, this is this is this is one of my ticks. I'm like, ooh. It's it's really one of my ticks. When I'm watching a wrestling match, I'm going, hmm, that means I'm into it. Shingo wriggles out of the ape shit, hits an assisted, a rope assisted reverts GTR, and takes it home with um the last of the dragon. Good, good little match here that these guys had. Very good stuff. Breeze to watch, super into it, super physical. Um, Loa looked great. I'll I can't say it enough. Tonga Loa looked fantastic. You know, I I don't know if it's like him. It's probably a combination of things, right? Because I under I also understand the idea that you don't want to work at an extremely high level in in a G one where you're running through this this uh, this crazy. Um, uh, this uh, this crazy tour because it's very taxing on uh, on these uh, on these wrestlers during these tours, right? Very very taxing stuff. So I understand that they don't you know they don't want to compete at, at on a five star level every night. That wouldn't make sense. Wouldn't be good for them. Wouldn't be good for the storytelling either. Um. So maybe you know it could be just a question of Tongaloa here is in a big time match with Shingo maybe he's like okay well this is where I put my best foot forward this is where I'm this is where I'm giving it my all and but also like I said you know wrestling takes two right you get a good dance partner and like I said in this case probably the best dance partner you could have in 2021 uh how can you fumble it right it's good stuff good match and then the main event. And yeah, you're right, Zeus King. Yano does need to move up to zip ties. <laughs> Just never mind the tape, right, at this point. <laughs> Just never mind it. Um, So where are we at now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the main event where Kota Ibushi defeated, uh, defeated the great Okan. Uh, and I really like this main event. Oh, Lord. I thought it was real good stuff. There's uh, there's this great kick from Kota Ibushi to start things off, right? Uh, and, it, you know, Great Okan can't quite get his, his guard up. Like, it's kind of up, but not completely. And Ibushi just strikes him with it. And he put you know, his guard up as a little sloppy. So he kind of sells it. You know, he sells it adequately as a hell of a kick and and that oh look there's a lot of feeling out in the first portion of this match this first third uh really as if they were both like as if they were both just saying to each other look we're gonna go out there and we're gonna we're gonna give them like an mma style fight you know we're going we're going we're going to grapple we're going to throw strikes at each other and we're going to do it, you know, believably shoot style because it did kind of feel shoot style at some moments. I was really, really into it. Very, you know, plotting, not, not, not plotting, methodical. 
I guess would be the right term here, but not methodical in a boring sense. You know, just like two guys, you know, looking for a tactical advantage. That's what they're doing. Scoping each other out, trying some stuff out. Well, it's a, you know, try uh, try strike here. It doesn't quite work. Nice, compelling, evenly paced to show to show that both guys. And this is what added on here. Both guys were looking to play, as Gordon Soli would say, the human game of chess because this match was important for both of them. Kazuchika uh, Okada. Great Okan <laughs> needed to win this match just to stay alive, just to stay, uh, just to continue to have a chance to qualify as the winner for the block. Same with, uh, and, and for Koda, for him, this was a, a chance for him to take uh, to take the lead of the block. Since Zack Sabre Jr. had lost his match, and Koda was like, okay, cool, I got free reign to go at top because Koda didn't want, doesn't want to tie with Sabre because Sabre has the tiebreaker on him. He, Koda doesn't want to tie with anyone. Right? If I'm not mistaken, let me pull up the, the stats here. I could tie with Ken. Oh, well, he, he, hadn't re he hasn't wrestled Kenta yet. Okay, so he already, he already, Sabre already had the tiebreaker on it. So it was important for Coda to be like, look, if I'm going to win this one three years in a row, I have to win this match here. So it felt important. Both guys not willing to give up some give up uh, give up some room uh they wanted to avoid mistakes a lot of feeling out and it, it just it just connected it worked great Khan gets some kicks on ibushi's hamstrings while he's in a prone position but ibushi pops up and kicks great Khan down locks in a figure four of which Great Okan struggles out of and then lays out Ibushi with just a straight right hand. What? Like Mike Tyson. Boom! And Ibushi just drops. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Then he rolls Ibushi up into, into like a calf crusher. Ibushi fights out, wallops Great Okan down. They trade some blows and Ibushi gets plastered by a knee strike. No, not Ibushi. Great Okan gets plastered by one hell of a knee strike and then he's a Kamigoye. He's done. This ruled. This was so good and there hasn't been a single match like this the entire G1. I dare say this is right up here for me for match of the tournament with Shingo and Ishii and at this point I have to go back and watch Shingo versus Ishii because I thought that was great I thought that was a killer match this one here whoop and it's not the same type of match and you know what was great here too great Okan right showed off he had two matches in this tournament where he showed off that he's a little more, a lot more than just big, mean-looking guy who throws Mongolian chops and headbutts people, kind of thing. You know, it, he did it in his match versus uh, Saber, where he sort of like he tried to go toe to toe with the grappling, and then he pulled it out here again, show that he had some real combat fight experience. It ruled, man. I'm telling you guys, this was a lot of fun. And and at this point, and I know, look, I was part of the skeptical crowd. As far as Great Okan goes, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But if you if if this G1 can't get you on board Great Okan's future, I don't know what to tell you. This was fantastic. It was a great, great main event. Unfortunately, by losing, Great Okan is officially out of the tournament. But again, we'll talk about standings. Uh, we'll talk about standings not just yet.
meaning in a little while. Uh, fun, fun night, night 13. And look again, if you, if you don't like the, if you don't like Yano matches, you want to skip that? You have three solid, solid, solid professional wrestling matches. Uh, probably one of the easiest watches of the entire G1. Night 13, block A. Uh, give it a go. Absolutely give it a go. I'm not sipping moonshine. It's water. I never drink when I do. I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people do, right? Joe Rogan, you know, does it and he gets high when he does his stuff and that's good for you. I don't, I don't. I, it had just, it had ruined me <laughs> if I did. <laughs> Let's move over to night uh, 14, block B. Happened on October 10, a little earlier today on the day we're recording. Tamatanga defeated Tai Chi. That's pretty dope. That was fun. You know, it was a it was a match of you know no real significance for the rest of the tournament. Both of these guys are effectively eliminated. But uh, uh, you know, I guess they're setting up. I guess they're setting up some some tag team stuff. For after the tournament, the you know, because they had Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Tongaloa over on, on Block A a couple of nights ago, a couple of nights ago, you know, going, you know, and, you know, Jr. flashing his belt and Tama Tonga kind of did the same thing to Tai Chi and I'm like, all right, well, whatever. You know, you guys know how much I care about the tag division in New Japan. I mean, it's right up there with the WWE tag team division. Tai Chi's ribs are all taped up. Um, commentary's putting over, which is Kevin Kelly, by the way, doing all the heavy lifting. And, uh, you know, as a guy who does a podcast, and I mean, it's just strictly a podcast, all by himself. Um, and I'm just saying stuff that comes out of my head. Like, I don't have to play-by-play play anything. I highly respect the job that Kevin Kelly does uh, when Chris Charlton isn't a part of, isn't there on that leg of the tour where he has to carry all of commentary all by himself. And talking to oneself and trying to convey stuff to an audience is not necessary. I don't want to say it's hard because that'd be overstating it. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, coal mining is hard. Well, you know, what I do is, uh, you know, it's, um, uh, it, 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 it's, it requires a certain amount of um, self-awareness and confidence, I guess. But look, it's not simple is what I'm trying to say. I don't want to come out here and say what I do here is difficult. But it ain't easy. So kudos to to Kevin Kelly for carrying all that. Why was I talking about that? Oh, yeah, because, um, because okay, because Kevin Kelly is pulling, uh, commentary is putting over the fact that uh well isn't put quite putting over the fact what happened to Tai Chi's ribs. You no, know, oh maybe he had underlying uh issues with his ribs and the Okada match aggravated them. We don't know. Who knows? But Tama Tonga took advantage of that. Like almost straight off the bat with a camel clutch, right? Drives him in, into the ring edge on the floor. He gets him into a body scissors. Like Tama's thinking with his noodle here. Tai Chi gets a hook kick in and then starts laying the kicks to Tama Tonga. And, and you can't say anything about Tai Chi's kicks. They rule. Tongan twist, but Tai Chi dodges the angel, the angel drive follow-up. Angel dive follow-up. Uh, jumping Enziguri takes Tama down, but his ribs, his being Tai Chi's, keep him from going strong on him. Uh, Tama even stymies Tai Chi with a bear hug, just to tell you that's how, uh, that's the story they were telling here. Tamatonga reverses out of a Black Mephisto into a Death Valley bomb, then hits the Angel Dive, then the gun stun for the win. Good for our boy Tamatonga, who will not end, uh, who will not end the tournament with just two points. Good for him. 
This, the, I'm sorry, Holy Emperor Taichi. I apologize. Sonata defeated Yoshihashi again in a match that has no outcome, no stakes in the uh, the upper echelons of the card of uh, of Block B. I mean, um, Sonata. Look, Yoshihashi. Uh, gets in control early on here uh, in the match until Sonata hits a drop kick to the leg, then hits the Paradise. Well, not hits, but locks Yoshihashi in the Paradise Lock. Why doesn't Sonata? I, I look, I'm just. Why doesn't Sonata like take a guy, you know, beat him up a little bit in the ring, toss him out to the floor, follow him out to the floor, put him in the Paradise Lock on the floor, and get back into the ring and wait for and wait for the 20 count. That's what I'd do. Because regardless of who he puts into the paradise lock, no one is able to escape it unless they get a drop kick on the ass. That's the only way that they ever get out of it. So I look, honestly, I'm Sonata. And if I'm, well, I'm not honestly I'm Sonata, but honestly, if I am Sonata, <laughs> <laughs> Big reveal today, folks. Warren Hayes of Sonata. Um, if I'm him, that's exactly, that's my tactic every match. And my matches like last five minutes and I just dump them to the floor, tie them up, get back into the ring and, uh, you know, pour myself a glass of liquor while uh, Marty Asani tries to count to 20 because he's dunce. He does his best. I mean, I, I think, you know, he's probably, he, I think he has the numbers memorized on a sheet of paper. So you wait till Marty Asami counts to 20, and there you go. That's that's what I think. I, you know, should do that. Yoshihashi hits a blockbuster running set-out powerbomb as well. Sadata hits the TKO into the skull end. They roll in and out of stuff. Uh, he tries to go for... He sets Yoshihashi up for a TKO. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and, uh, but then goes into the skull end, they roll in and out of stuff, and into a TKO. Yoshihashi does the swanton dive onto Sonata's knees. Yoshihashi, uh, wins a, wins a strong style duel between the both of them. Sonata at some point pops up from a dragon suplex, but eats a super kick, which was really well-timed. Short little burst that was really fun. He hits the rope-assisted TKO that was a little rough. Little, uh, you don't want to use the word sloppy around Sonata too much because, you know, then people get, you know, people get bent out of shape. But it was a little rough. Sonata then hits the moonsault, sculling with the body, body scissors. <laughs> We're done. Yushihashi is, is kaput. Sonata gets two points, but it doesn't matter because they're already both done. One of, like, honestly, one of the stories of this tournament, and we'll continue to talk about it, is Yoshihashi being so goddamn strong you know now i was talking with Kristen about it earlier uh, earlier today well actually i was watching this match over lunch come to think of it and i was having lunch with Kristen. i was uh, Kristen. and i was watching this over lunch. and i'm like and i told her i said yoshihashi is still a geek but he's a geek that can go and uh, and at some point when when is he going to graduate from being a geek because he, he'll always be a geek to me you know, kind of like, you know, like, kind of like your kids, you know, they'll always be your baby boy, your baby girl, regardless, no matter how, you know, successful or unsuccessful or tall or strong or uh, whatever they end up doing in the old, they'll always be your babies. Yoshihashi will always be my geek. At some point, like they're legitimately going to have to get him out of the they're they're legitimately going to have to get him out of the uh, the uh, the six man tags. They're going to have to get him out of that program. He he works with the audience. His underdog stylings connect with the Japanese audience, and and there is no faulting his work. Like he's on the cusp. He's chomping for it. And he was like, yeah, you're going to put me in a G1. Let's go. A lot of people said, yeah, you're putting me in a, in a G1. Let's go. Like Chase Owens and Chase Owens right here. 
lost to Kazuchika Okada in a match which I really, really liked. Probably in my top five of the tournament. Want to say hello to Evan Wright, who's here. Nice to see you, Evan. Like, here, let's walk through it a bit. Okada's in control of this match, right? Until Chase lifts the knees on a uh, slingshot senton attempt by, uh, by Kazu. Then Chase starts working the back. And there you go. We're going, look at what's, look at what we're doing here. We're already thinking back of his match against Tanahashi, which he won a shocker, right? He won. Uh, and he's already going to the weaknesses. They're like, there you go. Going for the back and he's working on the, on, on Okada's lower back early in this match. Okada, uh, early uh, early on, they all go to the floor. He hits the DDT on the floor as well. Chase Owens uh, then follows up uh, with, in the ring with a backbreaker. Okada with a flabjack. Uh, Chase does that great, I don't know how you call it exactly, that great cravat snapmare as Okada's sitting on the top turnbuckle. He's done it a couple of times. It just looks great. It looks fantastic. Uh, great slingshot spear by Owens as well. Uh, Okada responds with the uh, with the package neck breaker that he does. Locks in the money clip. This is going to be a story here, right? And Owens, is, is he swats his way out of it. And I like this shit. Because sometimes I'm like, look, you've got a free arm, pal. It's like, a, you know, my legendary dislike for bear hugs is very, very simple. Right? You hold a guy in a bear hug. And you're, you're basically belly to belly, right? Now, unless you're... Andre versus fucking, you know, uh, 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 Juventud Guerrera. Well, you can squeeze the air. You know, you can, it's, it's believable enough that Juvie's going to be like, oh, I'm dying here. What the fuck are you doing? Kind of thing. But two guys relatively the same size. If you're in a bear hug and you're not using your arms. Yeah, yeah, there's pressure on your lower back whatever, but if you're not using your arms, your your arms, your hands at the very least to eye rake the dude cuz you're right there in front of him. He's go. Eh. Bear hugs are not believable to me. They even when I was when I hadn't been when I when I wasn't smart to the business back in my wee lad days, bear hugs still didn't make sense to me. And they make even less sense today. Tamatanga did one earlier in his match with Taichi, but it makes sense because he had been working hard on Taichi's back, uh, his ribs uh, throughout the match. And when he did lock in the bear hug, he didn't stay in it for like two minutes. So just to soften him up some more and Taichi going, ah, and then he let him go and transitioned into something else. Transitional bear hugs, fine. Submission move bear hugs. Anyway, what am I... What are we talking about? Why am I talking about bear hugs? Oh, because of the money clip. Right. So, uh, uh, so okay. There we go. Money clip. So, Kazu has him locked in, right? And you have a free arm with the money clip. So, what does Chase do? He's, he starts walloping Kazuchika Okada in the face, right? It's a pop, pop. That's cool. Uh, Owens avoids a drop kick and hits a shining wizard. Okada has wrist control like he usually does, but Chase is like, oh yeah, you're holding on to my to my wrist. Eat this boot. Whomp. Eat this other boot. Whomp. And then, okay, then eat this V trigger. Whomp. And then Okada lets go. Fantastic stuff. Like Owens did his homework and he's like, no, look, you, you want to hold on to my wrist? Boom. Oh, you're still heading on? Boom. Oh, you're still hanging on? Kaboom. Big package pile driver tease by Owens. And you're like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know he's fighting Kazuchika Okada. I know we're all predicting Okada to win the block. And, and it's been like that since the very first night. But look at what happened here. Chase Owens one night defeats the ace of New Japan. And he gets Okada up. He, he messes him up with those boots. And that V-trigger. C-trigger, as Chase likes to call them. 
And then he gets him up into the package pile driver situation. And I'm like, oh shit, he might do it. That's what happens when you pay attention. That's how I know people are watching the G1 versus people who aren't. Because then you, you're able to piece things together that are happening throughout the tournament. Like, look, I'm a, I might he might actually do it here. He didn't. Okada escapes, hits a spinning tombstone. And then, but then there's another great moment, another great close pinfall attempt that I was, they got me 100% on it. Chase rolls Okada up. Okada then rolls through the roll up and does his sit down pin, which he's won a match with uh, in the G1. And I think he even beat Jeff Cobb a couple of months ago doing exactly that, just sitting down. So I'm like, oh, but no, Chase kicks out razor thin 2.9 call. And I'm like, this, isn't this great? Isn't this why you watch pro wrestling? Because you want stories to connect and make sense because you're paying attention. Because you're looking at a situation you hear and on the uh, on the split second, you're like, everything just rushes back. You're like, Okada's going to do it because he's done it before using this move. This is how Chase Owens loses. But no, Owens kicks out and I pop. I'm up out of my seat. Okada locks in another money clip. Chase tries to escape. Okada's like, eh, eh. Drags him back to the middle of the ring. And not only does he do that, he, he lies on top of Chase, uh, 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 leans into him, and starts arching back. Chase taps instantly. Fantastic stuff. One of my top five matches of the tournament. I love it. I thought it was great stuff. I want to say hello to the machine and Diego Rafael Solis Rivera. Welcome, you guys. But I'm not kidding. And, 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 and as something as banal... As Kazuchika Okada versus Chase Owens, for fuck's sake, right? It's like a match where you're like, Okada's going to plow through him. This was riveting good stuff, and it all made sense. Because from the start of the tournament, Chase Owens has been wrestling. Like, this is the last tournament he's ever going to wrestle of his, in his entire life. And Okada gave him shit. Okada gave him. He was generous with him. It was great. Chase stepped up here. Okada had to win this. This was another must win for, for Okada because, well, I mean, we didn't know how bad of a must win was going to be because Jeff Cobb didn't have his match yet. But you're like, but Okada, of course, gets in here and he's like, I got to win this because Cobb might be winning his match. So I have to stay on top of stuff. Great stuff. Dan Heyman, good to see you, man. Welcome. Anyway, I, I, I think you should go out of your way to watch this match. Like it, it's not, it, you know, it's not a five star classic. Like I don't think there's been a five star match in the G one so far. I don't. I think we're we're close. High level matches. But we haven't had like, had like that one where you're like, this is one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. This ruled though. And I think you should go, you should go check it out. Evil defeated Hiroki Goto. Uh, you know, this early on is, you know, Goto gets attacked by Dick Togo as Evil distracts the ref. Togo, uh, Goto gets tossed into the timekeeper's table. Evil gets him back in the ring, tries to cover, but he can't. So Goto fights back with the Nushigoroshi. There's another ref bump. Dogo jumps in. He and uh, Evil hit the magic killer. Uh, Evil hits Darkness Falls. Can't get the cover. Uh, Goto fights back with the GTR. Uh, with a reverse GTR, excuse me. There's another low blow. No, not another one. This is the first one. There is a low blow uh, that is blocked by Goto, who hits and everything is evil on evil. 
There's a cradle that follow that follows. Uh, Togo uh, and uh, Togo distracts the ref. So we get the visual pen on Evil, who effectively loses the match, but the ref's not there to do his job. There's a GTR attempt, but Evil rakes the eyes. Evil grabs the ref to avoid another GTR. Togo runs in with the garrote. He chokes out. Uh, he chokes out Goto as the ref is distracted. The ref, uh, Evil, comes back in, picks up Goto. Everything is evil. Pins. It's a loss for Goto. It's another two points for Evil, who is setting himself up to be the major master spoiler of this tournament. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. All, all of the Block B shenanigans, as far as these top three gentlemen go. And finally, Jeff Cobb defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. No big surprise here. But again, what a fun match. What a good fun match this is. Can't stand it. Tanahashi. Tanahashi thought he could. I don't know. This was the first time they met. I think. Um, Kevin Kelly was saying. And you could tell then Tanahashi was like, okay, I got to feel this guy out. I got to, I got to, I, I, I got to ch check things, check things out here. So evil does some test of strength with Cobb. And early on Tanahashi's like, yo, this, this boy's too strong. I can't. I got I can't go down this path. We're going. We're immediately switching to Plan B. So he uses some mind games, some evasiveness, to avoid the power moves and to annoy um, Cobb. You know, by goading him out of the ring, then sliding back into the ring and stuff like that. But eventually, it's it's a Cobb drop kick as Tanahashi's running the ropes that takes him down. Cobb hits a standing moonsault. He messes up Tanahashi's hair. And if that isn't one of the prime heel moves of any generation, messing up Tanahashi's hair, going like this, nah. It would have been a bigger heel move had Tanahashi had Wrestle Kingdom hair. It's Tanahashi's Wrestle Kingdom hair is always, is always magnificent. It's a cut above any other show he does in the year. But I am not going to stand idly and look at Jeff Cobb mess up the hair of Hiroshi Tanahashi, goddammit. Boo! Have, have you no respect for... Have you no respect for the pillars of pro wrestling? Our great traditions. Tanahashi's hair. Uh, Cobb does his quarter of the corner um, uh, 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 power slams, I guess. Running from, from, from corner to corner, which is awesome. Uh, Cobb, though, misses a somersault senton. Tanahashi hits one of his own. Uh, he does a drop kick to Cobb's knee, a dragon screw. As Tanahashi tries to create an opening for himself, uh, locks Cobb into the cloverleaf. Cobb tries uh, a deadlift suplex to the floor, which I don't know why. Like, usually those spots make me like, oh, you know, they're not going to do it. But I don't know. Maybe just because it's Jeff Cobb and he's huge. And I'm like, this is, there's, there was something plausible about it. And I was like, guys, don't do this for real, right? Uh, Tanahashi blocked it. Dragon screws the leg again. Uh, they're on the floor. Ace is high. Uh, off the top turnbuckle to the floor and Tana just bounces off Jeff Cobb's chest like he just boing I mean Cobb collapses don't get me wrong but like you know Tana doesn't collapse on top of him he just bounces off Jeff Cobb who is a, an, a beast man it's crazy uh, Cobb sells his leg as they trade some trade some sluts as they trade some strikes Spin cycle is countered into a sling blade by Tanahashi. Um, Cobb catches Tanahashi flying off the top rope and then just reverts him into an F5. He catches him, plops him on his shoulder, 
Z and F5s, the ace of New Japan. He then hits a German suplex and a short arm tour of the islands out of nowhere. And he beats Tanahashi under 20 minutes. Jeff Cobb, another two points. Unstoppable. Cannot be contained. Good stuff. Another, a really fun main event. Great story that was told here. Tanahashi not ready for, for Jeff Cobb. Tanahashi not ready for Jeff Cobb. That It's just as simple as that. And you know what? No, no one, no one in this tournament was ready for Jeff Cobb. Nobody. Fantastic stuff. Make it, look, honestly. Uh, another great night. Like these were really two good nights of pro wrestling. Um, I, I, that I highly suggest. I, I highly, highly suggest you check out. I think these are both of these ma- these shows are worth your while. I think Okada versus Chase Owens is a highlight. I think uh, Ibushi versus Great Okong. Great Okong, there's there's some synergy for you. There's there's some movie studio synergy right there. Ibushi versus uh, Great Okong was fantastic. So was Shingo and Tongaloa. Uh, and Jeff Cobb versus Tanahashi. Excellent stuff. And Okada and Chase Owens, man. I'm very high on that match. Great matches. Again, not not the 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 G1 great matches that you would expect out of a G1. You know what I mean? It's like nothing where you're like, "Oh, this is the greatest shit of all time," you know? It's like, look at but solid wrestling. Solid solid professional wrestling. Couple of hours? Like if you, you know, if you cut the prelims out, You've got a couple of hours of pro wrestling. Of of a couple of hours of uh, real muscle live. Of fighting with the real sword. Max to the max. Exactly. That's what you got to do. You got to max to the max. With some real muscle live. And some fighting with a real sword. You know, it's great. Because it's great because you know it's shit that sounds really cool in Japanese. You know, that it re- but you know, it gets lost in the translation for us. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. Greatest G1 theme of all time. If we're being a, we should, I, that, that's a tier list I should make. What are the greatest G1 themes? I don't think there have been that many. But max, max to the max. You got to get Max to the max. What are we talking about? The standings. Block A right now. Look, there's only uh, there's uh, five people who are still mathematically still in contention. Uh, Kota Ibushi, who is uh, leading the pack at 12 points. Then Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Shingo, who are all at 10 points. Uh, Great Okan, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Beam, Tangaloa. I've all been eliminated. Uh, Tetsuya Naito has been done for a while. Now, I would even, if I was, if I was not a spineless slug, out of pure fear that he'd come after me, I would dare say that Shingo Takagi's, Takagi's tournament is done. Because even if the only way Shingo can win block A, the G131, is if he wins his two next matches. He has to defeat Great Okan and he has to defeat Yujiro Takahashi, which is entirely possible. But I think there is, I think Great Okan could be a surprise here. I don't think Yujiro is going to be going to be a thing. 
But these are, are his last two matches. And this was always, this was, you know, uh, one of Shingo's uh, best deals here because he had a, you know, a, a, a sort of an easy end of tournament. Or at least matches that he's heavily favored. Because if he loses one match and ends the the block at 12, which is where Kota is right now, and let's say Kota, look, Ibushi and Sabre both have tiebreakers on Shingo. So Shingo has to win his two next matches. He absolutely has to. Even if Kenta wins his two next matches, which are against Kota Ibushi and Tongaloa. So I think one out of those two should be a lock for Kenta. Um, Shingo, has the, uh, Shingo has the tiebreaker on Kenta. It's funny, because, but I don't think, I don't think Shingo's going to do it. I don't think Kenta is either. I think the best scenario here is that Shingo might tie for first. But he's going to lose because of the tiebreakers. I I don't think he's winning the block. Ibushi has one match left in the in the chamber because of the um, because of the uh, Naito bump, right? Uh, and it's Kenta, and I think he's going to win it. I think Kota Ibushi is going to finish the tournament with fourteen points. As far as Zack Sabre Jr. is concerned, he's got two left in the chamber. Two that technically he should win. Heavily favored. Yano, Tongaloa. Um, yeah, I I I think he's uh I think he's a I think he's a he's in a very good position to finish at 14 points as well. I think the only way this gets really weird is if Kenta beats uh, beats Ibushi. I think that's when it gets weird, and like I said, gets creates an opportunity for Shingo to uh, to get up there. Connor McCabe, good to see you, Connor. Welcome to the chat. And uh, and then we have Shingo, uh, and then yeah, that's it. Uh, well, we talked about Shingo, right? No. So and and I'm gonna tell you. I'm not go- not going to sugarcoat this. I think there's two ways to look at it. I think I think your bigger match like as far as pure drawing power is by having block A being won by Kodebushi or even or Shingo, right? Cuz they're two of your top stars. Plus with Ibushi you have this whole story about you know, winning the G one three years, uh, three years in a row. This would this would be the fourth consecutive year that he uh, that he makes it to the finals, right? I mean that that's a cool story. But if you're getting Okada on the other end, let's and let's talk about Block B. If you're getting Okada on the other end, you need a big time star. But I think Zack Saber Jr. should go. Because I think it would be a fresher match. It'd be more interesting. And Zach has been wrestling prime work. He's he's been wrestling some of his prime work all throughout the tournament. You don't think that he's going to step it up against Kazuchika Okada in a main event? Maybe Okada's like, look, this isn't the match I want to run. This isn't the match I want to run. Specifically, like, now. I don't want to do a grappling match. Which, sure. I can get that. He's probably got a little more stroke with the booking, with the booking committee than than Zach does. I don't mean that disparagingly. Um, but it's a little more up in the air as far as uh, Block A goes. But I, I'd like Zach to win, but I think Coda is winning. Block B. You've got yourself Jeff Cobb and Kazuchika Okada who have been undefeated. They are heading towards their uh, their um, battle at the at the end of the G1, right? On the last night of Block B, it's those two. Now, the, uh, so they're up there with 14 points. Evil is at 12. 
Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Sanada, Taichi, Goto, Yoshihashi, Tamatangache, so it's all been eliminated. There, there, no point in, 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 in talking about them moving on. Now, clearly, conventional wisdom would tell you um, Jeff Cobb and Kazushi Okada keep winning till the end, right? But evil here, and this is this is I mean I this is the kind of thing that we we know Gato is capable of. Evil just coming in playing spoiler, right? Evil's next next match is it his next match? But he look he has two matches left. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Sonata. Entirely possible to see Evil get a end the tournament with uh, with sixteen points. Why? Because it's Evil. And this like this is the it's the chaotic it's the chaotic evil evil <laughs> you know where it's like you don't know what's gonna happen you could be like oh but the previous story so they they've got lights that can be shut down they've got Dick Togo and a garrote they have ref distractions they can do all the bullshit they want to make evil win so essentially it doesn't matter. And you, the the only question is, how far is Gato ready to have Evil play spoiler here? Is the next match the next match is Jeff Cobb versus versus Evil? Now, if you're asking me, maybe you are because you're watching, listening to this right now. If you're asking me. I, I just keep this trajectory going with Jeff Cobb and Okada. You know, where Evil's like, oh, Evil's sneaking up. Because the match everyone wants to see is Jeff Cobb and Okada again. Both kept separate throughout the tournament. Both have been uh, a dominant. Not a single loss. This, to me, carries much more drama and interesting storytelling towards the end. It might be a little more conventional, might not be out of the box, crazy, wacky idea, but, you know, as I often like to say, you don't have to overthink wrestling booking when you have elements like this that are so strong, when you have talent that is undeniably talented, like Cobb and like Okada, and this, especially with the story they've been telling. Okada is the beast. He's uh, he's uh, he cannot be stopped. Kazuchika Okada back in Rainmaker form. Uh, he's been on a tear. Just have those two collide at the end. Like this is great. It's like the two undefeated guys of the block. Simple, effective, and you know what? We know we're gonna get a great match because we got tastes of it all throughout the summer, spring and summer. And the one thing that keeps making me lean towards this, towards them going to, towards a a big, uh, a, a big showdown between Cobb and Okada. I said this at the start of the tournament, and I'll say it again. The fact that Jeff Cobb defeated Kazuchika Okada at, I want to say, uh, uh, Wrestle, the last big show that they had, Wrestle something. The fact that he lost there is usually indicative of, of Gato giving the guy who lost his win back in the tournament and it's going to be a big time win. It was a big time loss. Let's go for a big time win. Okada gets 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 a win over Cobb because all he had to do to make us believe that Jeff Cobb could beat Kazuchika Okada in the G1 is to have Jeff Cobb beat Kazuchika Okada before the G1 started. Like right before, the show just before. We jump into G1 season. Here's where we are. I can also entirely envision a scenario where Evil beats Jeff Cobb and Kazuchika Okada is, uh, continues his wins. And But I don't think it would be weird to me that if on the final night of the tournament... We go into the tournament saying to ourselves, Okada, because even if because even if Okada leads Jeff Cobb by a victory, by two points, if Jeff Cobb wins and ties Okada, he'll have the tiebreaker on Okada and he'll win. 
So the drama is still there, even if evil wins. But it, so it's it's kind of pointless to do it regardless. I would much rather be compelled to watch a Jeff Cobb taking on evil and had to deal with all the Dick Togo shenanigans and everything in between to just straight up destroy evil and move on. That's what I'd like to see. But I would not be surprised if Gato has something else in mind. And I know a lot of people, Evan right in the chat, by the way, <laughs> are talking about a three-way match to determine the, 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 the block, right? And I don't think it's mathematically possible. Well, not mathematically. I don't think it's possible. I don't think you can do it. Because if, if, first of all, evil will have to beat Jeff Cobb to do that. Evil will have to beat Jeff Cobb. Uh, and, um, and then Jeff Cobb will have to, uh, will have to beat Okada on the, uh, on, on the last night. And Okada will have also, so, so they'll all be at, and then Evil will also have to win his last match against Sonata to make sure that everyone is at 16 points. That, that, first of all, that's the kicker. So then when you get to, to tie break those three, well, Evil has the win on Cobb. Cobb will have to have the win on Okada. And Okada will have to have, uh, Okada already has the win on Evil. But I don't think, I think it's very anticlimactic to do that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's interesting. And again, like, New Japan doesn't have, doesn't have a history of doing triple threats. I could be wrong. But I don't, I don't see it happening. Look, the minute that Evil defeats Jeff Cobb, let's sit around and talk about it some more. As it stands right now, I don't think it's happening. So what's on the menu coming up? Um, that was, uh, 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 yeah, Wednesday, tomorrow, October 13, at the moment we're recording this. We are going to be having, so Ibushi gets his uh, match against uh, Kojima, which is not block related. That's due to the Naito situation. Tomohiro Ishii should defeat Yujiro Takahashi, the Tokyo Beam. Kenta uh, versus Tongaloa. Ken, Kenta should win this one as well. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Toriano. Again, another win for Zack Sabre Jr. Shingo Tagaki in the main event against Great Okan. Shingo should win. Uh, could be an interest, but uh, if he loses, he is officially out of the tournament. Even though I think he already is, technically speaking. But you know. And B Block will be back then on Thursday with the uh, uh, with the. Uh, with its own matches. I don't know what I was trying to say. Tai Chi versus Chase Owens. Hiroki, which Tai Chi, I guess, like these matches really don't matter. Hiroki Goto versus Sonata. Okay, whatever. Sonata, it doesn't matter. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yoshihashi. Again, no no big impact. The two, the two main event matches, though, that's where it starts getting juicy. Jeff Cobb versus Evil could have direct impacts on the future of block b and kazuchika okada versus tamatanga i think okada should win um but again any wrinkles here in these two matches and we will be talking about a whole different b block the next day i should be back on friday before minoru suzuki and daniel bryanson <laughs> before those two goons go at it for free on freaking YouTube on the AEW channel, all right? I should be here before that to recap the next the, the next two nights. I'm not going to be doing my recap on Thursday because Thursday is the Mr. Warren Hayes show proper. So instead, I'll be doing my recap probably on Friday uh, because, yeah, because I can only do so many streams at once here. Uh, in the meantime, folks, thank you all very much for hanging out. Wrestling's cool these days. Wrestling is good again. Wrestling's fun. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Hope you guys are enjoying these recaps. If you are, leave a like and so on and so forth. You can also check out 
all of my recaps by following the handy dandy playlist that's on the YouTube channel. It'll just it'll lean you right naturally into the next one. It's fantastic. It's so easy to use. Go use it. I, uh, I that's why I did it. Hope you guys have a great rest of your evening or day. Uh, and uh, gosh darn it, I'll see you next time.